Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for this amazing day. You are holy. You are righteous. You are true. We are your temple. Father, you have bought us with the precious blood of Jesus. Not only have you set us free from sin and from death and from the grips of Satan, but you have given us your Holy Spirit who empowers us to be salt and light in this world, to shine the light of Christ in this dark world so that when people see our love for you, they would know that we are Christians. When they see our good works, they would worship you. They would praise you. Father, give us wisdom, insight into your word today. Father, give me your words that I would say only what you want, nothing else. Bring encouragement and strength and healing and conviction. Father, we love you. We praise you. And we ask all of these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, good morning, church. How's everyone doing? Good. Well, some are doing well. Some to still be sleeping, but it is a joy seeing each and every one of you all today. I hope you had a wonderful Independence Day celebration. I think I gained about five, 10 pounds of eating a lot of brats and chicken and food. But anyway, welcome back. And we are in what we call our summer Sundays. And during this sermon series, it's, you know, life is better in 5G. And we're going to talk about the 5Gs. But real quick, I just want to do a quick review from last week. I kind of based the sermon from last week on, a, on Galatians chapter 5, 1, where it says, it is for freedom. And I did it on purpose just because we had Independence Day this past, this past week. But our freedom isn't because we live here in America. Our freedom is because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose from the dead. And God, our father, has set us free from sin, from death, and from the clutches of the evil one. He has set us free because Jesus shed his precious blood on the cross for you and for me. And the freedom he gives us isn't so that we can do what we want, but it's to love him back with all that we are and to serve him and to serve others. It's for freedom that we have been set free. So we're commanded, stand firm and don't submit yourself to a yoke of slavery. Over these next couple of weeks, we're talking about the five G's of Woodbine. What are those five G's? Is this AT&T? Is this Verizon? Is this T-Mobile? What is this? No, here are the five G's. Groups, giving, gospel conversations, gathering, and going. Today, we're going to look at gathering and giving. And Amanda, at the very beginning of the service, talked about summer Sundays. Our 930 Sunday school hour has opened back up. There's child care. There's Sunday school for elementary kids. And then middle school all the way up, we're meeting in the chapel. We would love to have you guys there as we talk about these five Gs. What does it mean for us? What does scripture say? So next week, 930, and there is coffee There might be donuts. Yes, we will bribe you. We're not ashamed to do that, right, Johnny? Yeah, we'd love to have you there. Today, gathering and giving. And I want to encourage you, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. It's what James read. James, thank you so much. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47. And we're going to get a little exercise. I ate two donuts this morning, so I need the exercise of sitting and standing. So let's stand back up as we'll read the scripture again one more time. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 41. And there's one particular word 
that I want you guys to try to think and guess upon. But here's also a question I have for you. What are your first impressions from this passage? Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. You all may be seated. There is one word that as I prepared for today that kept jumping off the page, the word devoted. Devoted. What does devoted mean? Well, here's a simple definition that you can find online. Having strong loyalty, affection, or dedication. Extremely, say extremely. Extremely loving and loyal. And that's what spoke to me. Extremely lovely. Or loving, sorry. Extremely loving and loyal. Okay, devoted. How do we know if someone is devoted? How can someone show that they're devoted to something or someone or some place? Well, to help us all, I got some fun pictures to show. And we'll just go through the slides a little bit. Devoted. Think this guy is devoted to his team? And Chris, you can just kind of go through the slides. Maybe this fanatic to the Buffalo Bills. Devoted. How do we know that these fans, oh, there we go. That's a good one, right, Todd? Yes. Devoted. Now, how do these fans, even of movies or maybe an artist, how are they showing their devotion? Or they're getting all painted up. The clothes, even uniforms, going to the game or to wherever. Spending, that one's a fun one. That's the Wales, the country Wales were considered the most devoted fans in the previous World Cup or European Cup. How do we know that they're devoted? Or they're going to those events. They're dressing up. They're spending their time and lots of treasure, lots of money for those tickets. Even the outfits they wear, they're devoted. And as read through this passage here in Acts chapter 2, 41 through, 7, through 47, several times it said they were devoted, devoted, devoted. Now, as we walk through this passage, as we read it for that first time, or I guess the second time, there are several things that just jumped off the page for me. And this is it real quick. Baptisms. Thousands of people coming to know Jesus. They were devoted to the word or the apostles teaching, which is the word devoted to fellowship, devoted to breaking of bread, devoted to prayer, devoted to one another. There was signs and wonders, unity, generosity. There were those who had selling properties, giving to those in need. Every day, they gathered in the temple and from house to house, breaking bread. They were devoted to prayer. There was praise and worship. There was joy. There was food. 
the Lord was adding to their number every day. There was more food. Those are just the impressions as I read it for the first time this past week. They just kind of jumped off the page. But that one word, devoted. Think about it, devoted. And as we go through these five Gs, there's two things we're going to look at today. Gathering and giving. Gathering and giving. Right here, the first one, gathering. It says right here in verse 44 and 46, or 44 through 46. Verse 44, now all the believers were together and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as had need. Every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. Gathering. In a couple weeks, we'll talk about groups, our small groups, life groups on Sunday morning, home groups that meet throughout the week. Today, I want to specifically talk about gathering in the temple. Now, this story right here, where does it come from? We've talked a lot about the book of Acts. We actually went through it this whole past semester. This is the description of the early church right after the Holy Spirit descended, what we call Pentecost. After Jesus ascended up to heaven, he told the early Christians, there are only about 120 of them, to stay in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father. And so they stayed in Jerusalem praying and waiting for that promise, who is the Holy Spirit from the Father, from the Son. It is God's Spirit who would empower them to be salt and light, to be his testimonies, to live as Jesus lived. So they waited in Jerusalem, and one day the Holy Spirit came, and the room that they were in, which we call the upper room, was there was a mighty wind, and there was flames of fire, tongues of fire over the heads of everyone. The Holy Spirit filled them. We were singing about that this morning. Holy Spirit, come down, fill us, move, fire and wind. It's how the Holy Spirit is described. He filled them. They began to speak in tongues, and people mocked and laughed at them, thinking that they were drunk. And Peter, who just months before denied that he even knew Jesus before a couple of servants, stood up and in front of thousands of people, he preached the gospel. And he rebuked the Jewish people there in Jerusalem for having betrayed Jesus and crucified him along with the Romans. And right before this passage here, it says that the, the, the people were cut to the heart and they asked him, brothers, what must we do? And Peter and the apostles say, repent, turn from your sins, believe in Jesus and be baptized. And in one day, the church went from 120 people to over 3,000. That's miraculous. That would be like our little church today. And next week, there's over 3,000 people here. What would we do? This is what they did. Devoted. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which is God's word, to one another, to prayer, to the breaking of bread. They were devoted to food. Praise the Lord, right? They were devoted to gathering. Back during this time in the Jewish religious life, there were two places that faithful Jews would go to for worship. The temple, which was in Jerusalem. It was a massive complex, several football fields large, the whole thing. And that was their corporate worship gathering. The other place of worship was what was called the synagogue, 
Then there were synagogues scattered not only all throughout Israel, but throughout the Roman world where there were large groups of Jewish people. They would gather daily there, weekly on Sabbath, for teaching and for worship. And that's where we get our tradition of weekly worship in what we would call God's house, the church building. Now, this building is not God's house. We, believers, are God's house. But this building here is dedicated to the corporate worship and preaching and teaching of God's word. So we gather on Sunday. It's a mini celebration day where we gather together corporately to worship our Heavenly Father, to praise Him, to hear, Lord willing, good Bible teaching anointed by Holy Spirit, where we can encourage one another, exhort one another, where we give of our tithes and offerings, and where many of us can serve as our worship team has, as our ushers have, as our staff does, and many others on every Sunday as we gather. This tradition comes from right here. Every day in the temple and from house to house. Gathering. It is vital for us to gather as believers in small groups and in large gatherings. In summer Sundays this morning, we were talking about it, and I had one pencil at every table. And everyone at the tables, I asked someone to take a pencil and break it easily. They could break it in half. But then there was a group of smaller pencils all clustered together with rubber bands. And I asked that same person, I'll take those pencils and try to break them all at once. No one could. I do not know of a single mature Christian who does their Christian life all by by themselves. Every person who I've seen drift away quickly or slowly from fellowship ends up getting destroyed spiritually. We were created for fellowship. We were created for community. We were created to worship together. It's not just me and Jesus or you and Jesus and that's it. It's all of us with Jesus. Our gathering and our unity as a church is a reflection of God, who is one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God in three persons has always been in unity and fellowship and in perfect love forever. And he now invites us to be part of his fellowship. Now, we're not going to become God. But think about it. For all eternity, for all of us who believe in Jesus, we will live with him forever in heaven. And it starts now while we're here on earth. That's why we're commanded to gather. We're called to gather together, first and foremost, to worship. Two, to encourage one another, spur one another on, and to grow in our faith. So gathering, we follow it. We're commanded to do it because it says right here. They were devoted one to another. The second point is this, giving. Here in verse 44 and 45, we see it. And I'm going to read it again. Let's go ahead and stand up one more time. Verse 44 and 45. 
And we've talked just a couple weeks ago, we talked about why we give. Johnny exhorts us every single Sunday. We were talking in summer Sundays this morning that do you know what the average Christian gives is 2.5% is what the average Christian gives in tithing, 2.5%. During the Great Depression in the 1930s, it was 3.3%. We're called to be generous, not only of our treasures, our finances, but our whole lives. This weekend day camp, and this is one of the ways our church gives of our testimony, of our talents. We'll have 25, 30 people from this little church serving in day camp. It's an amazing way we give of our talents, of our time. Those fans, devoted. Giving, specifically of our resources. Here in verse 44, 45. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. You all may be seated. These believers, and this is the early church, and the context is unique and distinct. After several months, after a very short time, great persecution came upon this church, and many were scattered all throughout the Roman world. But during this time here, it says they had all things in common. Woo! Think about it. Your stuff, your things, the things you have, do you consider it yours or is it God's lent to you? I find it how the Holy Spirit worked in these early believers that they considered that, hey, everything we have is in common. And then I see the generosity of the wealthier ones. They sold their possessions. They sold their property. And they gave it to those in need within the community of brothers and sisters. That's a reflection of their devotion one to another. Because they knew each other well enough to know who had need and who didn't. And they willingly and joyfully gave one to another. The Lord calls us to give, not only of our time, not only of our talents and worship team. Thank you. Thank you for leading us in song every week. Not only of our time, not only of our talents, also our testimony. Not in just what we say about how much we love Jesus and who Jesus is, but also by how we live. We are the aroma of Christ. We also are to give of our talents, our gifts, our abilities. Whether for a young middle schooler, elementary school kid, teenager, or senior adult. God has given us gifts and abilities and talents to serve him and serve one another. But then there's that other T, our treasures. What we earn, what we make, our money. And God has called us to be generous with our money. Honoring him, obeying him because he's called us to tithe. He's called us to give. And we do so out of an act of worship, out of an act of honor and serving our local church. And we see that here in this body of believers. 
So my question for you and for me is, are we being a good steward with our time, our talents, our treasures, our testimony? There's a verse here, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and I love it, and it almost bounces back to last week's sermon. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Look at what Paul tells the Roman church right towards the end of his letter to the Romans. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in the view of the mercies of God, here's a quick, just quick little thing. Mercy is not receiving the punishment that we justly deserve. That is mercy. God showers his mercy upon us because he doesn't punish us for what we deserve, and we are wretched sinners. But he gives us mercy. The punishment that we deserve, he put upon his son, Jesus, and he gives us mercy. So Paul is exhorting us through the presence and anointing of Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you, say the word urge. What does it mean, urge? I urge you to present your bodies. So is it just our body, just our physical body? Or is Paul referring to our whole self? It's our whole self, our mind, our heart. If you're dyslexic, you say your mind, your heart, your whole being. It's what you have. It's all been given by our heavenly father. And he has poured out his mercy upon each of us. And so in view of God's mercy in our lives, let us offer our bodies, our whole being as what? Living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true act of worship. And it's not something we just do for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. It's every single day. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices, our time, our talent, our testimony, and our treasures. So today in closing, and I want to invite the worship team to come forward. As the worship team comes forward, I've got a handful of questions for us. And before I want to ask these questions, there's one more verse, two more verses I want to show. It comes from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. This is about giving. We've been called as believers to gather regularly for us at Sunday morning at 1045, life group at 930. We gather together in a large group to worship and to praise, to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And every week, and here's this verse, Paul says this, the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. We're called to give. And I invite you all to stand and just back to that word devoted, devoted one to another, devoted to the apostles teaching, to prayer, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, to serving and giving one another. Chris, do you mind putting on the football player? I think it's from the Indianapolis Colts with all the shoulder pads and everything and the crazy makeup he's got on. This man is truly devoted. 
to his team. His time, I'm sure a whole lot of his treasure, maybe some talent there, maybe he can cheer real good. But he's devoted to his team. There is no question. Do we still have that? Do we have that same devotion to our Lord Jesus? To one another, to his church? So here's three challenge questions for each of us. And as we worship, as we sing, focus your eyes on Jesus. But here's a couple questions. How are you using your time, your talents, your treasures, and your testimony to serve and glorify our Lord Jesus? Number two, what is your next step of obedience in regard to your treasures? Number three, what is your heart posture when you gather with other believers for corporate worship? My prayer for each of us is that we become humbly in joyful worship to give first and foremost back to our Heavenly Father because He's worthy. But then also, how can we serve others as we gather, as we give? Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing day. Jesus, you are awesome and glorious and powerful. We thank you, Father, that you're generous. That you've been in perfect unity and fellowship as Father, Son, Holy Spirit for all eternity. And now you invite us to be part of your family through the precious blood and life of Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling us. I pray for encouragement now, for conviction, for comfort, for healing, that your name, Jesus, will be glorified. Father, may we be faithfully devoted first and foremost to you and then to one another in our gathering and in our giving. And all God's people said, amen. As we worship, as we sing, if you want prayer, if you need prayer, we'll have a couple people over here to your right at our next steps area. We would love to pray with you. Let us worship.